All right, let's get into today's message. We're starting a five-week series. Everybody say five weeks. It's called Bear Fruit. Bear Fruit. That's a bear. And that's some fruit. I got really creative this time around, so. You know what I mean? You put two and two together, you might as well get four, okay? So. So. We've been, we, it's, uh, two series ago, we did a series on uh, what love is, right? It was called Love Is. <laughs> Hello. And then, and we, and we broke down this simple scripture, but we broke it down into four weeks. Last week, in the five weeks before that, we broke down the Lord's Prayer. Who remembers that? Hopefully you remember that. If you don't remember it and you were here last week, we got to talk, okay? Um, we broke down the Lord's Prayer. Now we're going to break down something else. There's these things in the Bible called the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit of the Spirit. And they're super important. And, and it's really good for us to know. They're found in Galatians. And, but there are many instances in the Bible where, where fruit is brought into the conversation. Right? Who's ever read the Bible and you see someone talking about fruit? I've, heard, I've seen it. Sometimes it's talking about real fruit. And sometimes it's not. John 15, 5 Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So what does it mean to bear fruit? Right? It obviously means there's a bear and a fruit in the same picture. That's what it means. I'm just kidding. The fruit Jesus is talking about here is referring to the things that are produced in our lives, good or bad. The way we live our lives will produce actions and behaviors, good or bad. The things we put our faith in will produce actions or behaviors, good or bad. And those things are called fruit. It's kind of like a metaphor. Why? Because a, a tree produces fruit, right? Everybody say amen. Bearing fruit means to produce or hold fruit. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you have them, with you to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read verse 15 through 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. I've preached on this passage before, so you might recognize it once I start reading. So here we go. I'm going to read it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the eased tree bears bad fruit. Diseased, not yeast. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. You will recognize them by what? Their fruit. The way that you can actually know somebody is to know them by their fruit. People can say stuff about themselves and we can say stuff about ourselves, but those things will be proved right or wrong depending on our fruit. Does that make sense? Someone can tell you they're a really good person. Or someone can even tell you they're a really bad person. 
Or I can go around telling people I'm a really good person. Or I can go around telling people I'm a really bad person. But ultimately, the things that will prove that right or wrong are my actions. Amen? Who's ever met somebody that says they're one way and they're for sure not that way, right? And sometimes it's funny. Some, sometimes people are like, dude, I'm so good at basketball. And you're like, okay, cool, let's go. It's, uh, you want to go play? Sure, yeah. Uh, so am I supposed to throw it in the hoop? or <laughs> You're like, bro, you said you were good, right? Right, you will know them by the fruit. Or, or, that, or that person who might be like, for, for some of you guys and gamer girls in the room, someone's like, dude, I'm super good at Fortnite, like way good. Like, way good at Fortnite. <laughs> and you play with them, you're like, bro. <laughs> Canine Aquatics, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you're like, dude, it, it is, you, <laughs> right? You're like, no way. But we will be known by our actions. So the best way to know somebody is by how they act. Not by necessarily what they say, but even a better person says what they mean and they act how they say, right? Amen? An apple tree cannot produce an orange. Think about that. Think about an apple tree. And think about an apple tree with oranges. That'd be weird because it would just be an orange tree. (laughs) Right? Even if the apple tree really wants to be an orange tree, it can't produce oranges. There's no way. Until the apple tree accepts who it is, it will never step into its calling to be an apple tree. I know that sounds funny, but that's a lot of us. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of apple trees trying to be orange, orange trees in our, in our world today, right? There's a lot of us that think we are an orange tree, and this whole time we've been an apple tree. Or we know people who think they're orange trees, and the whole time they're an apple tree. And, I, and I'm beating this illustration dead right now, but what I mean by that is that you don't need to be anybody else but yourself. And, and the, the crazy thing is when the apple tree tries to tell everybody that it's an orange tree, everybody but the apple tree knows what it actually is. So when you try to be somebody, somebody that you're not, people understand you because of your actions. And so when you, when, you, when you say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, and you know in your heart that you're not, everybody else can definitely see who you are. And the only one you're fooling is yourself. When we do that, everyone around us sees who we really are, and we're the only ones who, who can't. Don't go chasing waterfalls. I'm just kidding. Don't go chasing after someone else's calling. <laughs> don't even understand. No, no, but listen. Don't, don't go chasing after somebody else's calling. Have you have your I I've heard I've seen so many people do this because because their friend or someone they admire or someone they look up to or someone they know is doing something great in this field or this field or this, they start wanting to be all of those things and do all of those things and I've even done it like I've looked up to people in my life and I'm like I want to do exactly what that person's doing no that's their calling not mine and we don't give God enough credit that He came up with a beautiful and wonderful calling for my life that's different than all of yours. So when I just try to be someone else, we're not letting God do the work in our lives where he wants us to be ourselves. And us in our calling is better than anybody else in our calling. Does that make sense? You're going you're gonna to fulfill your calling better than anybody else can. So why try to fill someone else's shoes? Right? 
you have a unique calling that only you can do. If you catch yourself wanting to do the same exact things as another person, check yourself. Right? If you're around someone all the time, you're like, man, I really want to be just like them. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to wear the same hat as them. I want to wear the same shirt. I want to wear the same shoes. I want to go to the school that they went to. I want to work the job they went to. I want to sing like them. I want to, you know, whatever it is. Right? I want to play basketball like them. I want to play spike ball like them. I want to do my makeup like her. Right? I want to do my hair like her. If you catch yourself doing that, just check yourself. Check it. Because God never created you to be them. God created you to be you. And the most beautiful version of yourself, guys too, hey yo, the most beautiful version of yourself is who you are. Who's, have you ever met someone who's trying to be someone else? It's just, it's just ugly. It's just, why? Why? Right? You're like, why are you being fake? Just be you. Just be you. And, and, and have you ever met someone who's unapologetically themselves? I can think of one person right now. Her name's Sarah Cox. <laughs> Sarah Cox is exactly who she is. And she, she doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Like, when she was in high school, she was like, I'm, she was setting her own style trends and doing her own thing. And she's, right, she is whoever the heck she wants to be. And you know how cool that is? Right? Everybody respects that so much. And I'm just putting her on the spot because I'm super proud of her. And she's all nervous. And I'm sorry. But, and now she's leading worship and she's singing so, so good. Right? But people like that are, are just spiritually beautiful. People who are just unapologetically themselves. Why? Because they don't, they, don't, they don't need the assurance of other people. They need the assurance of God. Amen? So don't try to be an orange tree if you're an apple tree. Bear good apples. And people will be like, wow, that's the best apple tree I've ever seen in my life. Amen? If you try to be an orange tree, they're like, you don't even have oranges on your tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. You are unique and your calling is too. Amen? With that, let's think about this too. A good, healthy tree bears good fruit. Amen? A bad one bears bad fruit. A sick or diseased tree bears bad fruit, rotten fruit. So as much as we want to pretend that our relationship with God is really, really good, check the fruit. And this was me in middle school and high school, Wednesdays and Sundays. Hey, blessed and highly favored. Hey, brother, how's you doing? Right? And then as soon as school went up, what's up, players? What's up? Good? Right? And I'm cussing all the time. I'm doing all stuff. So I, I was living this, like, like two, two-sided life. Sundays and Wednesdays, catch me being the best kid ever. When I went to school, I was someone completely different. You know who I really was? Probably that person at school because I was bearing that type of fruit. And the fruit on Sunday and Wednesday was just superficial. On Sundays and Wednesdays, I just spray-painted my apples orange and said, I'm an orange tree. And if someone ever grabbed and took a bite of that orange they're like wait a second because <laughs> you have to peel an orange first so you don't just take a bite out of it but anyways our fruit will tell the real story amen sometimes we talk too much we just talk too much don't tell people who you are show them we don't need to tell people, hey, I'm so good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm phenomenal at this. I, I'm literally the best at this. I'm, just show them. Just show them. Hey, you want to do this with me? Hey, you want to do this with me? 
right? If you think I'm the best in the world at building relationships, stop telling people that and just go build relationships. Amen? So what kind of fruit do we want to produce? Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Let's turn in our Bibles there. This is our, this is our scripture for the next five weeks. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Hope, I'm speaking a long time, but hopefully you're getting something good out of it. Because I am. Amen? All right, if I can find Galatians in my Bible. Here we go. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what this is saying, Paul is writing this letter to the Galatians. That's why it's called Galatians. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, and peace. So, so the whole chapter he's talking to them about what, what bad stuff is. And don't be like this. And don't think you have to do this. And you don't have to do certain things to show that you are a Christ follower physically. You show it by your fruit. So there was this, so for so some backstory, there were some things that folks would do to their bodies back in the day that would signify that they were Jewish, right? And so Paul in this section of scripture is saying, you don't need to do that anymore. You will be known by your fruit. You'll be known if you're a Christ follower, not by how you look or how you dress or whatever you do to yourself, You'll be kn- or what you say. You'll be known as a Christ follower because of how you live your life. And how you ought to live your life as a Christ follower is, that, is living a life with, filled with love, Filled with joy, filled with peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen? So, because that's a lot, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, right? All that's a lot. We're going to break it down each week with two different ones every week. And the last one we're going to do one week because it's going to be so good. So the first thing, the first thing we ought to have in our lives at all times is love. Everybody say love. This is great. Six weeks ago, we ended a series on love, called love is. So we're pretty good at this, hopefully, by now. <laughs> Everyone's like, bro, I'm not yet. <laughs> Give me some grace. Right, we know what love looks like. We just did a whole series on it called love is. And if you remember, we talked about 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I'm not going to read it because I'm running out of time. But at the end of that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, it says love bears all things. It believes. Oh, look what. Holy smokes. I just recognized I'm wearing the shirt. Alex, you are too. Okay, look. Look, love bears all things. Love believes all things. It hopes all things and endures all things. Love bears all things, meaning I protect, I cover. I make a safe place for my friends. I believe all things. I believe the best about them no matter what. I hope for the best in them. And I endure through the tough times because I know there's good times on the other side. Amen? Love is unconditional. It's reckless. It doesn't make any sense. If we love like Jesus loved, it doesn't make any sense to everybody around us, but we just choose to do it anyways. We love our worst enemies, the people who are out to hurt us. We love them. Why? Because we're crazy in love with Jesus. And he would do that. So if we are in right relationship with Jesus, if we're crazy in love with Jesus, there will be a contagious, unconditional love that pours out of us. Think of yourself as like a, like a, a big pot or a vessel. And Jesus is pouring out this love on you. 
who has like a friend group. You have people that hang out around you. You have people that are close to you. Or you just have one really good friend. Or you have a boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, my God. Or, right, you have siblings or family or whatever. Listen. Listen up. This is, this is, this is what happens. You're, you're this vessel, and God is pouring out his love on you. And if you choose to accept it, you get filled up, filled up, filled up, filled up. And Jesus never says, I'm going to stop pouring. He just says, get some people around you who need some of this too. Because as you're filled up, you overflow into the people next to you. Amen? People are imperfect. We're imperfect. Unconditional love is so hard, and sometimes it seems so reckless. Who's ever met a person that is so hard to love? Raise your hand. It's okay. I'm there. <laughs> or I've been there. I don't know that I'm there right now, but there's been people in my life that are like, dude, you are so hard to love, <laughs> right? But I love you. If I am overflowing with love, there's not some part of me that is blocking. <laughs> this person walks up, whoa, whoa, no love, no love, no love. <laughs> Redirect that way, go that way, right? I can't do that. I have to pour my love out on everybody, amen? Listen up. You will never, ever regret loving somebody too much. Ever. Even if they hurt you, for a moment you'll think, man, oh, I should have got them back. But if you are in right standing with Jesus, you will never, ever regret loving them. I've never heard of anybody on their deathbed being like, man, I should have loved people less. <laughs> right? I should have worked more. I should have left my family at home by themselves. I should have ghosted all my friends all the time. Right? I should have fill in the blank. I should have I should have talked bad behind my behind my friends' backs all the time. I should have done it. I've never heard of anybody saying that. I have heard of people saying, "Man, I wish I loved better. I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I was better to my friends." Right? Amen. Giving love to other people is the best gift you could ever give yourself. You know how much it fulfills you to love on somebody else? It fills your heart too, amen? It's like, who's ever, get, who's ever given somebody something like, like a homeless person? You give them money. Like, at first you're like, oh, I don't want to give them money. Uh, as soon as you give it, your heart's like, fireworks. Why? Because you did something of unconditional love. You don't know that person. They never did anything for you. But you unconditionally gave them money to help them out for no reason. Other than, for this moment, I love you. And that's why your heart explodes when it happens. Boom. Like, wow, I did something cool. You have a question? You're good? Just raising your hand for no reason? All right, sounds good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Number two. So number one is love. Number two, joy. Write down. Joy. These are the two things we're going to work on this week. Love and joy. If we are in right relationship with Jesus, if, if Jesus' love is overflowing in our lives, we will love people and we will have joy. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is, there is fullness of joy. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Think about that. This, this is, I believe David, writing to God, In your presence is the fullness of joy. Like, like the maximum amount of joy that I could ever feel, God is in your presence. That's, that's why worship is so impactful. Because if we could step into that, if we could break down our walls, if we can get into a, the presence of the Lord, man, there is so much joy in that. Amen? 
In the presence of God, there's immense joy, unexplainable joy, overwhelming joy. Joy is something to be seen from someone who is in right relationship with Christ. Someone who walks with Jesus hand in hand can't help but have joy. There's no way I can walk with Jesus and, and, and just be devastated. There's no way. There's times where Jesus will be brokenhearted over things. There's times where Jesus will be sad, as we saw like in the story of Lazarus. And I'll, and I'll grieve with him. But even in the midst of grieving, if you're close, there'll be joy. Amen? So if you find yourself lacking joy or lacking love, chase after Jesus. And when you find him, you'll find love and joy. And when you're looking for people, when you're looking for people to have in your closest circle... You've heard me preach about having a close circle of, of, of good friends and people. Look for people who love and have joy. It's, that's easy. If people don't love, well, okay, sorry, I love you, but we can't be super close. If people don't have joy, right, that's not going to be healthy for you. Amen? You don't need to be around people 24-7 who don't have low love and, con- and joy consistently in their life. Amen? Life was meant to be filled with joy and love, and the people who deliver that to the world is us. It's Christians. We deliver love. We deliver joy to everybody in the world. We're like Santa's little helpers, but it's Jesus. Amen. Call me an elf. You're so carry love and joy with you at all times. I made Shable laugh. Let's go. This week, can I challenge you to do something? This week, love everyone you encounter, no matter what. No matter what. Love everyone. It's hard. It's really hard. Some people are going to make you mad. Some people are going to agitate you. Some people are going to irritate you. Some people are going to annoy you. But love them no matter what. Amen? Because Jesus would. And here's the thing I'm going to end with. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But the crazy thing about fruit is fruit always carries a seed. It's, it's, it's literally a, de- a defining factor of a fruit is that it has a seed. That's why like an avocado, you think avocado is like a vegetable. It's not. It's a fruit. Why? Because there's a giant seed right in the middle of it. So fruit carries a seed. And I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know that, I don't know that Jesus used the example of a tree and fruit for no reason. Because as we produce fruit and people know us by our fruit, they'll also know us by the seeds that drop off of our tree. The reason I say this is because everywhere you go, as you're producing fruit, good or bad, you're dropping seeds. And so we wonder sometimes why our friend groups are turning really gossipy and really mean and really not godly. And then we take a look in the mirror for a sec and realized either I was dropping all those seeds or I planted some in me. We could change that around. We could find our friend group being really godly and really loving and really hope-filled and really filled with love and joy and peace and patience and all those good things, right? Because everywhere you go, you will plant a seed. Are you going to plant a good one or are you going to plant a bad one? Right? We'll be known by our fruit. Amen? Everyone I encounter, I plant some sort of seed in their life. I, hang out, I hung out with Jackson today for lunch. We just talked. We hung out, ate some food. And he planted things in me, and I planted things in him. And, and hopefully it was good. Does that make sense? But sometimes we catch ourselves planting terrible seeds. Oh, 
Oh, well, that person. Ooh, oh, yeah, no, right. You're like, why? Oh, what? What's what's wrong? <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay, so I wasn't going to say it, but. <laughs> but, so did you hear about their, their parents? Right? And we're just drilling in terrible seeds <laughs> over and over again. Everywhere you go, there's going to be a seed. What kind of fruit is being produced in your path? Where you walk, and if you look behind you, what kind of fruit is being produced there? Plant good and healthy seed. Amen? Example. Let me give you an example, and then we're going to end because we're going to do some crazy stuff. It's going to be awesome. But everybody know Caleb Cox? He's one of the leaders here. He's awesome. He's not here right now because he had to go pick up his parents from the airport. But yesterday, Caleb and I, uh, we hung out. We went and got some food. We got, went and got some boba. Holler. And, uh, and we did this crazy thing all of a sudden while we were there. We were talking about camp. We were so excited. And so we just started FaceTiming people. And some of you probably got a FaceTime from us. We started FaceTiming people because we were talking about camp. And we decided we were just going to FaceTime everybody in our phone that, right, that, and eventually we stopped. And Caleb didn't answer my, my FaceTime. So then I got, like, kind of down and I stopped FaceTiming people. But, but. But we FaceTime a bunch of people, and when they answered, it didn't matter who that was. We were like, hey, what are you doing June 22nd through 26th? <laughs> and they're like, uh, I don't know. And we're like, you're going to summer camp. We're like, they're like, okay, let's do it. And it was crazy. Like, Caleb even called this random kid from work. I think his name's Cole. Is that right? And he called this kid Cole at work, who's like, I think it's Jake's age, right? So this kid at in and out he just FaceTimed him. And he said, hey, Cole, what are you doing June 22nd through 26th? He's like, I don't think I'm doing anything. He goes, all right, we're going to summer camp. And Cole goes, bet, bro, let's go, right? And I've never met this kid in my life. And he's like, who's that? Oh, that's my Pastor Brett. What's up, Pastor Brett? I was like, what? Let's go to summer camp, right? So the thing that I'm, the, the thing that I'm getting out of this is that that was some really good seed to plant. And people usually don't, I don't know why, but they don't turn it down. If you're excited about whatever you're inviting somebody into, usually they say yes. So that's the cheat code. Here's how you get a free trip to summer camp. Be excited about summer camp everywhere you go and tell people they're going with you. Like, don't even ask. Like, like I, I told Alex today, bro, you're going to summer camp. He's like, yeah, I am, <laughs> right? Like, we're, it's just, we, I told Caleb, Caleb, you're going to summer camp. He's like, yes, I am, right? Like, we're, just get excited about it and bring people. It's going to be awesome, right? And I want people's lives to be changed. Think about this. 2020 and 2021, it's been rough. We've seen a lot of people be struggling with depression and anxiety. We've seen a lot of people that struggle with love, and we've seen a lot of people struggle with joy. Maybe it's time for us to get out and go. Maybe it's time for us to get out and Johnny Appleseed this thing and throw some seed where it needs to go, right? Maybe it's time for me to FaceTime some people and be like, hey, you're going to camp because it's going to change your life and you can't afford not to go. Danielle and I have this list at our house. People that we know that need to go to camp, and we've got names, and we're going to get all those people to camp. And you should too. Think of your friends. Man, their lives would change if they went to camp. Let's get them there. Amen? So like I said, it'll take seven people for you to get a completely free trip to camp. Seven people. And I actually, it seems crazy, but can I be real with you? I don't actually think it's that hard. I called 10 people yesterday and everybody said yes. <laughs> and I'm, granted, some of the people are in this room. But we called like some random people that we haven't heard from in a long time. And, or I've never met. And we're just like, hey, you're going to camp. They said, okay, let's do it. 
So how about, how about we blow this thing up? How about we do what we did with that check and we double our goal of 25 and we get 50 people to go to camp? Are you guys down? Does that sound sick? All right. If you get to summer camp yourself, I promise your life will be changed. One of my greatest friends in the world, Shelby Steen, also known as Shable, she's a testament to that. She went to camp two years ago. And she'd gone on some other trips with us, but she thought I was lame and stuff, so she, like, didn't come all that often. And I'm just kidding. But she's like, no, you're not wrong, dog. <laughs> but but Matt Wish, was, he talked to her one time, and he's like, hey, why don't you come to youth? She's like, it's not really my thing. Like, okay. So two years ago, I think it was Rita, right? So Maddie's mom goes up to Shelby. <laughs> Well, she comes up to me first. Hey, does Shelby need to go to camp? I said, yeah, absolutely. You literally insert name. Do they need to go to camp? Yes. <laughs> so she's like, does Shelby need to go to camp? I said, yes, yeah, she does. All right, she's gone. I said, what? She goes, I paid for her just now. I said, are you going to tell her? <laughs> like, we're, and we were, leaving, we were leaving the next day. Like, this was Sunday. We were leaving on Monday. I said, well, we better let her know that she's going to camp. So Rita goes over to Shelby. Shelby, you're going to camp. I already paid for you. What? Shelby's like, I can't. I don't want to. Well, you're going. Sorry. Paid for you. You're going to make me eat that money? No. All right. Go to camp. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not saying do that, but, I mean, you can. <laughs> right? And so Shelby went to camp. And I honestly I don't honestly don't know if I could count on one hand the amount of Wednesdays Shelby's missed since camp. She's been to youth every week. And she, she now runs slides for us. She's serving on the team. Uh, you know how much joy I've seen in her life over the past two years? When, when before, to be honest, I don't know that I saw a bunch of joy in you. And I, th- I think there's a lot more now. And I think life is a little bit better than it used to be, right? Amen. So, get to camp. It'll change your life. Get your friends to camp. It'll change their life. Don't be selfish. Right? Camp's going to be amazing. All right? Now, here we go. I'm done. Is that cool? Can we pray? Everybody stand up. Sorry, I talked a long time. No, actually, I didn't. I didn't talk that long. I started, I started at 8, so I talked for 30 minutes. We're good. We're literally chilling. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, real quick. Three boys, come here. All right, turn around, turn around. So these boys have a really close friend, and her name is Karis. And I'm wearing – I'm not wearing it. I took it off today. I uh, – that's a rip. But – I, no, I got one at home, I promise. I just, I worked out today, so I took it off. But they have a friend, Karis, who's Nathan's little sister. Karis got diagnosed with leukemia um, a couple uh, months ago now, probably, right? M- maybe a month ago. Maybe a week after Christmas. So a couple months ago, a few months, three, four months ago, she got diagnosed with leukemia, which is a form of cancer, and it's, and it's a pretty scary and so she's going through it, and life is a little bit rough for her right now, but she's, got, she's so strong. She's the strongest little girl I've ever met. Her family's doing so good. And these three boys are going to shave their heads this week and so that they can uh, tell Karis that she's not alone. And so they wanted to say, and don't feel any pressure, but they, they wanted to say that if you wanted to do something like that too, if you want to cut your hair all short or if you want to shave your head, that they'll do it with you. And so... Um, no pressure at all, but they wanted me to tell you that. And I also want us to just uh, love on these boys and, like, love their heart for their friend. Amen? And uh, it's so, so sweet. So they're going to do that this week, um, and they're going to shave their heads for Karis, and then so they're going to be bald boys next week, and, uh, and it's going to be cool. So we're going to make sure to bring extra sunblock for them next week because uh, this boy's head going to be white. Um, 
But hey, can we uh, can we give it up for the boys? Go ahead, you guys can sit down. Thank you. Let's uh, let's pray real quick, and then when I'm done praying, everybody's got to get up on stage because we're gonna take a picture with that big check. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord, for your word that it changes our lives. God, it's the best book we could ever possibly buy. It tells us how to live our lives. It tells us how to love you. It tells us how to live with a purpose. So God, help us to live this week with love and joy. And let us get so good at this week that we never stop living with love and joy. Help us to be known by our fruit. As people walk by us, they'll see, wow, man, that's you live a great life. What's different about you? So Lord, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom. Help us to be who you called us to be. God, we pray for Karis right now. Lord, that you would heal her little body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Jesus, we just pray for for miraculous healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. God, you are you are the great healer, Jesus. You have the power to heal Kara, so we just pray right now that you would heal her in Jesus' mighty name. We love you. We give you praise today in your name. Amen.